my heart and my brain is more geared towards the business, the cultivation, finding artists, finding talent, developing it, putting it out, pushing buttons, getting things taken care of. It's not about the money, it's about the work to reward. Hello and welcome back to Short Story Long. First and foremost, thank you guys for all the positive feedback. Um, feedback, feedback, feedback. It's the only thing that I really ask is if you like the show, go on iTunes, go on the podcast app on your phone and leave some positive feedback, rate, review, subscribe. Tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what who you'd like to hear, uh, what you'd like to hear differently, what you're enjoying about it, what you're taking away from it, what you're learning I really watch those things very closely, and all of that is very, very much appreciated. Um, so thank you, and thank you to everyone that's telling friends and, and tweeting about it, and um, just thank you. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you for that. Also, I uh, for those of you who are new, I do a promo code for podcast listeners only on youngandreckless.com. It's 40% off all full-priced items with the promo code SSL at checkout. So go over to youngandreckless.com, check it out. Check out all the new product, check out what we've been working on, and grab yourself some stuff at a big old discount. Um, This week uh, is my good friend Jacob Kasher, a.k.a. Cash. I was really excited about doing this interview because Cash is somebody that I admire a lot and respect a lot and doesn't do a lot of interviews and you'll hear us talk about it in this podcast but he's just not a very like um braggadocious guy and he doesn't really uh he just doesn't talk too much about what he does but he's really accomplished some insane things as a songwriter um and he's written some huge hit records that you have absolutely undoubtedly heard and I don't know. I just have a lot of respect for him, and I have a lot of respect for the way that he goes about things, the way he carries himself. Um, he's just a very humble, regular dude that's making magic every single night in the studio and working with absolute superstars. So this is was a really exciting um, episode for me, really exciting interview for me, and not only did the episode come out really well, but I think moving forward, the things that Cash is about to start working on and about to start putting out are going to be even bigger and better. So I think he'll probably be back again in a year to do another podcast about everything new that he's accomplished. So that's it. Uh, Here's this week's episode, Short Story Long with Jay Cash. The hardest part is figuring out what you want to master. Focus on your product. Can you tell somebody that they suck? You got to just go for this it. This is exactly what I want to do for a living. You can't even tell somebody that their breath stinks. You know what I mean? It could take your whole life and then you find your worth. The product is number one. If it scares you, you should probably do good it. Good content is good content. That is the coolest shit I have ever seen in my life. Are we live? We're live. All right. Here we are. Short story long. Brand new episode. And this week we are joined by not only my good friend, who I consider actually a real friend, not like one of these Hollywood sort of, oh, my friend, yeah. uh, a real friend and a certified bona fide hit maker, Jacob Casher. That's right, right? Yeah. AKA J Cash. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. Thanks for having me. You like my radio intro? I do. I've really been working on that. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um, so welcome to my podcast, man. I am really thankful that 
we made this happen. We've talked about it for a while. Um, I know that you've heard a couple of the other podcasts. And I think what I like about this is like, I think you're the type of guy that when you first hear like, oh, I want to interview you, you're kind of like, oh, I don't know, man. Because you're not a very, like you're not, you don't, you're not a boastful guy. You're not an interview guy. Like right. You just kind of yeah. make hits, do really good work. And you're just a normal dude. It was, I'm just, and I'm super self-conscious. <laughs> and that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I not just think, yeah, it's cool. I like that. So I like when people like you accept to do this podcast because I think your stories are the stories I want to hear and tell. Oh. Like I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to tell the story of the guy who's been interviewed a million times. Right. It's like, oh, how did, uh, just because he's close, uh, how did Adam Levine become Adam Levine? Don't get me wrong, that's probably a great story, but yeah. like I want to like I want the people behind the scenes really doing the right the, the that work. Totally. So thank you for that. No, I'm happy to be here, and uh, you know I'm flattered. Like you've had some awesome people on this podcast. I I don't even feel like I deserve to be. You definitely in the, do. And on the list, you definitely you definitely <laughs> but have I'm, earned but I, the right. But I am flattered, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's different because like you know we we've known each other for a while and we are friends and. You know, I I respect you as a as a friend and the work you've done, and this is just something that I feel like I'm comfortable being a part of. Like yeah. I, I don't I don't speak out a lot. I've yep. done like one other podcast for a friend. Yeah. But I, I'm building a business now. It's like I, I'm a songwriter for a long time, but now I'm really building a company, and I'm I I know it's a little important for me to kind of step out and and let people know who I am yeah. and what I do a little bit. And I think what I'm trying to do with this that I I think people like you and I don't really understand how valuable it is is like there are millions of kids that want to be songwriters yeah. or that want to be something similar to what you do and they just i don't know man like i always say like if you want to be a doctor you can figure out how to become a doctor oh, it's yeah. a lot of really hard work but you can mm -hmm. figure it out yeah. you know um if you want to be a scientist if you want to be all these different things but if you're growing up in virginia and you want to yeah. be a songwriter yeah there's so much trial and error on your own and there's no no one tells you how to do it. So right. I think hearing a story from a normal guy who has done the shit and is down to earth and you know what I mean? Like there's uh -huh. so much value to telling your story. Yeah. I mean yeah. I I, I try I wanna tell my story because hopefully it it's like kind of entertaining and maybe it'll yeah. inspire someone. It, it's such a interesting thing because you know i never wanted to be a songwriter yeah I, I wanted to be a rapper really bad and i yeah didn't work out yeah. you know yeah. and uh so we'll get into that let me let me jump yeah. right into the story this is why i always do you're from virginia beach right yep um i've been there once but for a very short amount of time so i do not have any judge of it what was childhood like in virginia beach i mean childhood in virginia beach well it's interesting virginia beach is is awesome it's a it's a good place to grow up it, mm -hmm. ha it has good parts and has bad parts um it's not a very wealthy place um it's kind of like a it's kind of like a middle class haven with like you know a, a lot of lower income areas and then like tiny pockets of rich people yeah it kind of trickles from the actual ocean front that kind of turns into pungo which is like the swamp yeah and then there's like the biggest naval base in the world there yeah and then like 40 minutes inland is like the country like mm -hmm. the redneck fucking country yeah. so it's it's such a it's such an interesting place it's a and, and we no one knows if we're quite supposed to be like act like we're from new york or atlanta yeah. because we're kind of right in this middle area yeah um so, why so much music i mean i just think because i that that i really can't answer i mean i think it it's a 
Isn't that weird? I, I think there's music everywhere. I just th- I think there's a, like we have a couple like forefathers that that made the con- you know because the people that come out of Virginia and not just music. I mean even athletes. It's like there's not a lot of people that come out of there, but the people that do somehow seem to be the most game changing people. Like yeah. Allen Iverson. Yes. You know Pharrell, Timberland. Like I mean the list goes on and on. I, I could sit here for the rest of the day naming like people and why they're so influential coming out of there but i think it's because atlanta had their thing you know new york had their thing and and missy and tim and pharrell and you know even alan iverson on the sports thing just kind of inventing the way that that athletes dress now with the baggy shorts and the headband and the cornrows and tattoos yeah you have to do something to stand out you know you you won't get noticed just doing like if if you're a rapper in virginia and you sound like a new york rapper what funk flex isn't going to play you you're not from new york yep you yep. have to do some weird shit, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that, um, let me ask you this. Do you remember when you were growing up thinking about music, was Pharrell a big inspiration of yours or was it before Pharrell was? I mean, Pharrell was definitely, you know what Pharrell was for me? I mean, I've always been a huge Pharrell fan mm-hmm. and now like we're, me and him are actually cool, mm-hmm. which is like one of That's the pretty, greatest yeah. things that ever happened that to happens. me. Yeah. Um, and I'm cool with Tim too, um, which is also a blessing. But yeah. Pharrell made me, think it was impossible really to make music so the because opposite of what it was the said. opposite yeah. because once pharrell did it he not only did it he did it so big yep. that it made us it made me and my friends feel like well there's only one that's ever going to do it. like yeah. there's not going to be another one of us yeah like it's only pharrell yeah that's interesting because i just the reason why i asked is because i there's a book that i just rant and rave about called the talent code and it talks about why uh certain people are successful or why um this sort of bubbles of talent happen and one of the explanations is uh, it talks about like runners in Kenya or whatever, and it's that when one person makes it, it shows a whole generation of people that it is possible to come from there and do something. And mm-hmm. so you almost get this extra like boost of motivation that like somebody from Virginia Beach can make it, and so you maybe push the gas. I don't know, but it also doesn't explain why it did the opposite for me. Yeah, but <laughs> I was... and Pharrell clips; those guys were all in the same kind of generation of. They're people, all right? friends. Yeah, they, they're all kind of part of like a. They were all part of a similar movement. You know, they all knew each other and were all, you know, Tim and Pharrell used to be in a rap group together. In Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, to me, it wasn't like, oh, man, I can never do this. But, like, watching Pharrell do it the way he did it and Tim. And, you know, it's weird. Like, everyone knew Timberland was from Virginia. Timberland was kind of more of, like, a superstar producer. Pharrell was kind of, like, a superstar artist, yep. even as a producer. He's just a superstar. He's just a superstar. <laughs> yeah. Like, even the way he dressed and... You know, it, Pharrell, it, he kind of just like took the wind out of everyone's sails because you knew that even if you made it, you'd never be yeah, Pharrell. And you good. knew that from a really early point on. Like, That's funny. You knew before Pharrell was even the Pharrell he is now that yeah. you were never going to be Pharrell. That's like, really you, funny. You can only aim for like third best, yeah. fourth best. Yeah. Him, Tim, and Missy, like forget about it. Yeah. Like, w- can we get on the list below them? Yeah, the Virginia Hall of Fame is powerful yeah Yeah. um so i guess then my question is like when you were super young were you doing sports or like what was your thing yeah i mean weed sports yep um friends yep you know it's like i have like really cool parents that didn't trip on me super hard um are they did they stay together yeah they're still together that's amazing to this day you know it was like you could you know in virginia beach kind of just ride your bike anywhere get dropped off anywhere yep it's relatively 
I felt like it was a, a much safer place when I grew up than yeah. it is now. Like now, yeah. when I go home, I'm like, what the fuck yeah. is this place? Like it's I'm scared to go home. You know? Yeah. And it's weird because Virginia Beach is such a small town that like people know who I am. Yep. Just because of the songwriting and shit. Hundred percent. Because there's really not a lot to be kind of nosy about. Yeah. And so when I get home, I I really kind of duck my head and yep. And and stay low. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still like to go to like the old reminiscent places and stuff, but it's a uh, just kind of in and out. It's a different place now. Yeah, like, that's how Ohio is. Like I went back a couple years ago, uh, and me and my be- my best friend who's like my brother, like my dad and his dad were were best friends far before we were born. Yeah. His name's Steve, and me and Steve went out to like a bar, like Hammerheads, or like one of the bars at the oceanfront that we used to like run those bars, uh-huh. you know, when we were kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like we walked in, and there's a bunch of like you know 19 to 23 year old kids looking at us like who the fuck are these motherfuckers walking in our bar yeah, yeah like yeah. we're about to beat the shit out of these yeah. kids. and i'm sitting there looking like y'all motherfuckers weren't even alive like we <laughs> ran the shit I, I had like a billy madison moment 100%. where i like i rolled up in the leather jacket and the fucking t-bird yeah. and like all these kids were like what a fucking who's yeah, this yeah, dick yeah. bag walking in this bar you damn know? it it's so true it changes you know damn it there was that other i forget there was that other adam sandler movie where they did that and he was rich and then they went back with his family. Damn it, man. They went back to the hometown with his family and they played basketball and he ended up letting the other team win because he's like, Oh, they're they need it more than than uh than we do. I forget. I'm gonna I'll put it in the I'll <laughs> yeah. put it in the notes in the podcast. Yeah. Um anyway, so that's funny. That's how Ohio is. That's yeah. exactly how Ohio is. And people in Ohio are real, like, especially in the like n- when you go out. It feels very like you're either hooking up with someone or you're fighting somebody. Yeah, and it's like you kind of go back there and you're like, oh shit, yeah, I'm I w- the old guy now going back. Yeah, it's like people are like, a lot of people are like resentful towards me that I've done well. Like either that, you know, I changed or I should have brought them with me or yeah. I should have done something to help them. And you know, I tell people from my hometown all the time, they're like, you know, it's like somebody will literally text me and be like, yo, put me on. And I'm like, yo, put me on. Like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck does that even mean? Yeah. And I tell people, I'm like, you know, or they'll be like, oh, the people you signed are from Florida. Or like, you you, you know. No, everyone you, always has a couple. And, and I'm like, look, it, I'll sign anyone who sends me shit that I feel like is going to change my yeah. life. Like, if you're dope as fuck and you send me some shit, yeah. I don't care if I never met you before. I'll, I'll, I'll work with you over the person I've known my entire yeah, life. 100%. And it's not a loyalty thing. It's like, I can't help you if your music sucks. You make good music for a living. That's what you do. Yeah. You know what I'm my, saying? When, like you when can't, my music sucked. You don't which save it, people for yeah, a living. Yeah, my music sucked for a long time. Yeah, and, and nobody, no, yo, no, put me on. Nobody put me on. Yeah. You know, I had to, I I like, I always liked the challenge of people that were better than me telling me that my music sucked. Yeah. yeah. I was always like, okay, it does, it, you know, I was, I at least felt like I was smart enough to, to be like, they're right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the difference between people who end up sort of succeeding or or not. But um, so when did you, when did music at all start to hit your radar? Well, I mean, you know, I was just, I was like one of those kids that like would just, you know, get cassette tapes and just lay on my floor and just listen to an album Mm -hmm. like for 15 hours in a row and just, and my mind would go places like harder than any mushrooms or any drugs i've ever yep. taken like the the music would take me so far out of mind body and soul like yep. i could just and i would like visualize me 
like performing the songs in a concert in front of like you know in my uh daydreams there was millions of people at the concert it yep. was like game of thrones it yeah. wasn't like i wasn't visualizing an arena i was yeah. like on a cliff and there was like a country like yeah. rocking out to me like you know yeah doing noriega songs <laughs> <laughs> you know so so that's kind of like i was always like obsessed with music i was obsessed with movies i i watched the same movies five thousand times in a row yep you know like one of my my bubby my one of my Bubby's friends that she had Hadassah meetings Bubby with. Bubby a grandma? My, my Jewish grandma. That's yeah, my amazing. Bubby. That's, my Bubby. My Bubby's friend who, uh, her grandson that I used to like play with when I was when I was little at these like Hadassah meetings and these Mahjong nights my grandma used to have, uh -huh. actually went to California and became one of the Lost Boys in the movie Hook. And it blew my fucking mind. And really? I was just like, I was just like, I'm going to be an actor. Yep. But I didn't do anything proactive towards it you know yeah. like there was really i don't even know how he did it to this day i like i almost <laughs> want to like find him on facebook and be like how yeah, the like, fuck did you and he never wondering. you know he did a couple commercials like, i don't even remember the kid's name but um i always just knew that i wanted to do something in entertainment yep and then you know when i got the rap music bug it was like there was nothing you could tell me what it was that like 15 16 it was younger i, I don't really start really like actually trying to rap until i was like 15 yep but um but yeah, I got the rap music bug like really bad. <laughs> so funny. You know, like I was gonna be like I was gonna sign to like Rockefeller yeah. or Dipset. Hundred percent. That's the kind of rapper I wanted to be. Yeah. I wasn't interested. Like I was making music. Like this is where I went wrong. Like all these, like you know, there's there's a lot of white rappers that which would be the category that I would have fallen under. Yep. That now have like figured out how to be a white rapper. You know, Eminem obviously mm -hmm. did it first. Or vanilla ice or you know whatever beastie boys i'm just saying all these things so yep, no yep. one calls me it's like eminem did it first 100%. i'm just i'm just fact <laughs> i'm just checking myself just protecting okay yourself, so there's some yeah. fucking white people that rapped right yeah but in the in the newer kind of school thing it was like you know my shit was like eminem and then i was like he's you know he the first time i quit rapping is the first time i heard eminem mm -hmm. and my friends were like hit me up like yo like he's there's this new Eminem dude and like you're better than him and I'm like I was like really and I like I remember listening to it and being like fuck no I'm not yeah and then I like I was into Paul Wall yeah he just he was just so tight do you ever have but a Bubba Sparks moment or no I hated Bubba Sparks yeah. I hate all white rappers yeah, to yeah, this yeah. day yeah if I meet a white rap like I just met I just met a white rapper uh recently who was like super tight and i was like i fucking hate you because you're tight is he a you have to say his name but is he a known guy or no no he's okay. not a no he's just this kid and like you know he was just like a, he's just like i heard the music and the he dude sounded super tight and i was like i was a white dude and i was like fuck this guy he's yeah good. yeah like yeah. you know because there's always that little piece of me yeah. that just really wants to be like the great white rapper 100 percent. but um but I, but but for me like i didn't want to be a white rapper like that shit i wanted to be a black rapper which is where i went wrong that's yes, I'm not black. Yes. you know that's where 99 percent of white rappers go wrong oh yeah i was like i mean i was doing like like i was doing like mixtapes where i was like mean mugging on the cover with like a hoodie on and like doing songs about killing people and selling oh, drugs yeah yep because and it wasn't because i really was like trying to get people to believe that i did that shit it's it's the kind of music that i like to listen to yeah so i wanted to make the shit that i liked i didn't want to make i didn't want to be like like i never thought to be like you know what i'm just gonna rap about like arguing with my fucking parents and like yeah. being mad at my girlfriend and homework just, <laughs> yeah and like really just rap about the shit that i do because who the fuck would ever want to listen to that yeah yeah i want which is true nobody yeah yeah like i want to fucking I want my shit to play on 103 Jams and I want to do a song with Joel Santana and I want, you know, that's, yeah. that's really what I wanted to do and I, I pursued it for quite a while. Um, and yeah, so what happened? So you, so you were fully committed. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna be a white rapper. This or, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm gonna be a black rapper. <laughs> I'm gonna be a black rapper. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you were like, I'm gonna be a rapper. This is my calling. This is my thing. From like 15. Yeah, like nobody could tell me anything else. Like so, all through high school. All through high school. Yeah, through high school. And did everyone a little did, bit after high school? Did you start every, to build a buzz or? Anything? Yeah, everyone thought I was the shit. Plus, yeah. like when I was kind of doing it, it was like, it, it's not that I was good. Look, this this is gonna be something that I'm gonna say now that's gonna translate through the rest of this interview when yep. we talk about career yeah it's not i was always really good at being cool with people yes. i was always really good at making friends i was really good at making people feel good about themselves i was really good at getting myself into rooms i didn't belong in yep. i was always good negotiator i always understood business i always understood um i always understood uh personalities and, and human beings and like that's what got me places it wasn't it like even to this day like i'm not the dopest songwriter in the mm -hmm, world mm -hmm. i am the best i'm like the best a and r and the best like executive that like dresses like a songwriter and goes into the studio yeah and that's why i have hits now and that's why like even when i was making like shitty rap songs i made a lot of friends yeah and i got into a lot of rooms and i yeah. got a lot of places you know but i get it you're also just a cool fucking dude you're, you're but i mean in a way of you're not a threatening guy. You're not like a. You're not a cocky guy. Like you have a lot of accomplishments, yeah. and you're always. You're just easy. I don't know. It's easy yeah. to have you around. I appreciate that. And then, and, and one thing I'm not is mm -hmm. I'm I'm not a fucking con artist. You know, yeah, like there's too. a difference. But like a lot of people come up to me and they're like, "Dude, you got the craziest hustle." And I hate the word hustle because yeah. to me, hustle means you're hustling. Yeah. But like you know you, you come and open your jacket and you got fake watches mm -hmm. like for me like at least if i come and open my jacket i got real watches. hit records like yeah. when, I, when i when i hustle something yeah even though i don't love the word it's like i always i have i feel like i can really stand by my product and i've yeah. always been like that like i've never bullshit anybody i've never stolen anything from anybody yeah I've never fucked anybody over yeah which is hard you know? to do especially in the music industry yeah i mean i've it's... gotten all those things happen to me time and time again and i've i've just been like cool you know like yep. it's it's gonna happen um no yeah. it's difficult to like keep it keep it honest in that business because i feel like you're around so many con artists that people yeah. just start becoming con artists and you're like yeah. oh you know honest people turn a little evil in the music industry i think totally i mean it's really easy to manipulate and it's really easy to get yourself into a position of power and use it against other people like i have like if i'm working with a songwriter who doesn't have as much clout or mm -hmm. as much as many hits or isn't as good as I am or doesn't have the experience that I do. And they come to me with like a whole fucking song written and it just needs help getting across the finish line. Like the, yep. the, the lyric in the chorus is just not totally clicking. Yep. The, the artist loves the song, but the, but the verses aren't really speaking their language and the yep. artist knows me. So the, and the artist knows I can get that across for them. And I go in and I tweak the song. I could be like, yo, man, like I'm taking 70% of this yeah, song. Easy. And, and then you and the producer and whoever else worked on it, you guys can split the rest yeah. and, and fuck you. You won't get the song, and I'll tell the artist not to do the song. Yeah, that's pretty standard. That's what everyone does, <laughs> yeah. except I'll just be like, dude, throw me the five. Yeah. Like, y'all wrote the song. Yeah, yeah, Let yeah. me help empower you, hoping, mostly naively, that, like, one day, this person's going to pull me into some yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but or, I'm sure that's paid off a couple times, right? It, it has, you know. It, karmically, at least. Yeah, I think I think karmically, for sure. Um, And sometimes it reciprocates, you know, but I've I've also learned not to do it you know, it's I do it to be, you know, um, it, it's almost like selfish why I do it because it makes me feel good about myself. 100%. It makes me sleep good at night. Yep. You know, it's like I, I can brag about my character. Yeah. I can brag about my 
yeah. my track record yeah. and being like, yeah, fact check me. Like yeah. I, I'm like, show me one instance where somebody can can say, oh, Cash really fucked me on this project yep. or on this song. It, it doesn't exist. Yep. You and know? it pays off because that's when like, I'm sure it has a lot of times without you even knowing it. And like, as you continue to grow and keep doing the shit that you're planning on doing, which is way bigger, people are going to fact check you and people are going to look, you know, you yeah. know how people are. They're going to totally. look like, what kind of guy is this J Cash guy? Yeah. And when everything comes back clean, it's like, you're going to literally have like the keys to the kingdom because you've now had the accomplishments and you've never fucked anyone. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, you kind of you kind of look at people you really admire in the business, and some people like you admire half of what they do, but the other half is like what you don't want to do. And then, yeah. and you try to just take the best parts of all your heroes and like morph into that like yeah. you know Captain Planet yourself into like so true. I want his character and his work ethic and yeah. his honesty and his writing ability, you know. And you, you kind of just you, you kind of just try to transform and just into someone that you really want to be and stick to it, you know. I guess my question is, Cash is like. Uh, you're rapping all through high school mm -hmm. and even after you mm -hmm. have like a local a local celeb thing going on right yeah i wouldn't say a local celebrity but i'm definitely like well you have su supporters i have supporters I, I have like people that think it's like i think half of them think it's like hilarious yeah and it's like half of them think it's like super tight yeah, yeah and yeah. it's just the fact is is like getting in front of people whether it's at a party where it's like it kind of started or whether you're like battling somebody in the driveway yeah or you're doing some stupid ass show in virginia beach somewhere or you're just making you're actually recording music and letting people hear it like that shit is fucking ballsy it's vulnerable yeah. you know it's like like it's, making yeah. music is like it's like showing your everybody your dick you yeah. know it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like here's the fucking most like vulnerable part of me yes. for everyone to see and hear you know you and it's think? like and, and it's like and i think half the you know part of it was just like it was almost like some jackass shit like whoa man i can't believe like this mm. dude's actually rapping and just, it's like is it tight is is it tight or is it just tight that i'm rapping yeah 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 see i think a lot of it was it yeah. was just tight that i was doing it yeah. and i was almost like not embarrassed yeah and i just did it with conviction i mean that, i think that's the thing about a lot of artists most artists if you really like you know, if you go back to like Mozart, it's like, is this a really a good artist or is this artist just really good at being an artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Damn it. That's a really, really good question. You know? But I'd rather fuck with the person who's just really good at being an artist. You know? I Be think that's who wins the majority of the time. Well, that's right? what pop music is. Yeah. And pop meaning rap, meaning pop, popular music. You know, it's like that's what wins. I'll tell you, I always have a really hard time when people get into the bait of best rapper. Yeah. I always have a very tough time because I always judge the artist as a whole as opposed to the exact words that they are saying. Yeah. And that's I think different people judge it different ways. Yeah. But that's always been my problem. It's like I judge the brand. Yeah as and the whole overall yeah. i know? mean i think best there's like two ways of best like it's like the best team in basketball i don't was it was the warriors yeah during the regular season yeah and then the Cavs won the championship so no they're the best team because yeah. they are the champions they have the award and there's numbers there to to back it up like golden state won the most games but you got fucked the Cavs won the championship so yeah. the Cavs are the number one best team yeah golden state is the number two best team and yeah. that's a fact Music is and food and and anything like that is always going to be subjective. So when it comes down to the best rapper, it's like who's the best rapper to me? It's like I don't know who's the best. I mean, if we want to say who's the best based off sales, then whoever whatever rapper sold the most is yep. the best. Yep. But yep. I think it's that's like, why it's the age old debate that will never end and will always yeah. be fun. Yeah. You know, but that's art in general. That's why art is so interesting. Is because in general you will never be able to. There'll never be a best. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? You'll always have that debate. Was Michael yeah. Jackson better than Prince or vice versa? Yeah. I, it, people will have that debate forever. Yeah. I mean, I will, like, I'll say Jay-Z. Yeah. And I won't argue with anyone. Best like, what? Best rapper ever? Yeah. I mean, yeah. to me. But yeah. that's only to me. I'm not, like, yeah. I'm not going to sit there and fight with someone explaining why it should be the best to them. But if somebody asks me, like, who's the best rapper? I say Jay-Z. Yeah. To yeah. me, you ask me. Yeah. He's the <laughs> yeah. best. Yeah. I'll ask you. Yeah. Somebody else is the best. And you're right. Yeah. It's like it's like that talk and it's like religion is the other one. It's yeah. like I think that everyone should be allowed to think whatever the fuck they want to think without another person debating them on that. Yeah. That's that's part of what, you know, that's life in general. What life is all like, about Jesus is like, Christ, yeah. you know, like In-N-Out's better than Wendy's. I like Wendy's better than In-N-Out. I, I grew up on Wendy's. <laughs> I still like Wendy's cheeseburgers. I don't love In N Out. Yeah. I'm not from Cali. I like it. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's like the ninth burger I'd want. How many arguments have you been in about that? In I just in don't. I just don't have the argument. <laughs> yeah. I just don't care. Like when I was California younger, I would have real touchy. Yeah. Like when I was younger, I would have had the argument. But it's like if I really crave like a fast food burger, like I want a fucking square burger from yeah. Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I want a double stack with cheese. That's funny. Or a junior bacon. Yeah. Like, I don't want a fucking In N Out. Yeah. I'm not mad at you for that at all. And and it's nostalgia. It's like it's it makes it's comfort food. Yeah. Both of those burgers are fucking disgusting. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. You know yeah. what I mean? At the end of the day, it's a disgusting piece of fucking garbage. Yeah. But like I'd rather fucking have Wendy's, you know yeah. what I mean? No, you're right. I get it. I yeah. get it. Damn it. Um, okay, so let me ask you this. When did you move to did you move to LA first from Virginia? Uh like, I moved to Miami first. And what did you move to Miami to pursue rapping still? Kinda. Yeah. At what age? I don't remember, man. I'm terrible with timelines. So I think I so went down low there. low twenties. Yeah, like mid, low, mid. Yeah, low, lower twenties. Yeah. Okay, so you go um, down, and you're still not. There's no idea of songwriting yet, right? It's just I'm gonna go get. Yeah, I mean, I, like I would go down there. Like my boy, my boys had moved down there with his family, and they opened up some clothing stores that were doing pretty well. Yeah. I was actually like, at this point, I hadn't fucked with music in a minute. Like my, my high school like thug rap shit was over. Yep. And uh. You know, like I called it thug rap. I like you know? it. Like my, my thug rap. I like, I mean. my, my high school fucking <laughs> ra- you know hoop dreams of rapping were over. Yes. And I fucking you know I was I was like fucking around with this chick for a while and like I was like trying to get a job somewhere like make my parents happy. Yep. And then like I kind of I kind of felt like eventually like I had my eye on like 25 years old, which was still a couple years away. But I was like, you know, if, if I'm still like doing nothing at 25, I'm just gonna join the military. That's like the easiest thing to do. It's really. Like, Everyone where I'm from does it. Yeah. You know, you either like work at a bar, the shipyard, the military. It's like, you know. Uh, yeah, not a lot of, yeah. You just it's do probably one my or the thing. Other. And yeah. I, you know, and I had, I had kind of like reached out to a couple of recruiters and I started like kind of like nosing around and talking to my friends that were in the military. And I mentioned it to my friend in Miami, my friend Liron, and he was just like, bro, come down to Miami and just hang for a little bit. Like, you've never <laughs> been down here. Like, he'd been trying to get me to come down forever. Yeah. I've never really been many places. Yeah. So I went down to Miami and I was like, this shit's fucking tight. Yeah, you know? I was I like, just Miami was just mind blowing. But, but Miami, Miami, Miami's like, like when you're fucking broke and you don't have a lot going on, Miami is like the worst and best place. To yeah, live. I guess you're right. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. And there's all these fucking hot ass chicks and all these rich fucking people that you and you want to be around the hot girls and you want to be around the rich people and none of them want to be around you because yep. yep. you ain't shit. Mm-hmm. It's not like L.A. where like everyone just you assumes kind of everyone is. Yeah. Like no and one is. Yeah. Yeah. You can just lie in LA. You can sort of put up a front and get away with it for a little while. But you while. don't even need to. Like, you can like talk to someone and just be like, "Yeah, like I'm out here trying to figure it out." And they're like, "Dope. What are yeah. you trying to figure out?" Yeah. Like, in Miami. come to my mansion for the after party. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like it's 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 a little more like liberal when it comes to just like, you know, Miami. You have to like dress a certain way yep. to go places if you're not somebody. Like, 
I go like I'll roll up in Soho house here and win a pair of basketball shorts yep. and flip flops and no one gives a fuck, you know? They don't let you do that in Miami? No. Really? Not not at like nice places, yeah, you yeah, know? No. I like, just, I have I've spent a decent amount of time there, but not if you're like fucking flow rider, you can go wherever you want or sure. whoever, you know, if yeah. you're like from down there and you're like the man or like you're a you're you know, Dwayne Wade, I'm sure it doesn't have a problem can going do whatever anywhere, wants, but yeah. Most people, if you're just like a guy in line, you get, you yeah, don't have like no eleven chance. girls yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. You're like you'll just stand there till ten in the morning. Yeah, but um, I don't even remember what we were. Well, talking what we were about. saying is like, oh, so then you get so, down there. So you're... I go down there, yeah, and then I kind of like, then that was my first kind of like, I started kind of making like emo rap. Really? You know? Yeah, I kind of like started making some like emo rap stuff that was like, you know, because I because as much as I love rap, like I always love Blink One Eighty Two, and mm-hmm. I love you know Green Day, and I love nineties alternative rock. So I started kind of trying to like. I hung out with a couple kids down there. We tried to start making some shit like that. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, super connecting, but it was, like, fun. And my boy, Leron, was, like, really encouraging me to, like, trying to get back into music. And was like, I'll manage you. And then his cousin, Adi, who's, like, my best friend since we're kids, one of my best friends since we're kids. Yeah. They were, like, you know, encouraging me and trying to get me back into music. And I was trying a little bit. And we were doing things from here to there. And they were, like, really supporting me. Like, I was, like, living with those dudes and, like, you know, gave me a place to stay. And, yeah. You know, um, they were a big part of of what I did. And then I, you know, um, through them and, and another one of their mutual friends, I end up meeting like Kevin Rudolph uh-huh. super randomly. Yep. And, um, he kind of like, he had had some things like he had played on some like Timberland records and he had had like a previous artist deal yep. at Maverick before. And but like, he hadn't like written any big records then. I yet? mean, he had been part, like he had played, I think he would like played guitar on say it right for Nelly Furtado. And yep. like, I know he had a plaque in his, uh, he had a plaque in his apartment from like the girl next door That's movie. Dope. I think he had a song in there. That's huge. And some other shit. And like, uh, we met and you know, he he was telling me about his music shit. And I wasn't even really trying to mention music, but my you know, my friends were like, Oh yeah, Cash does his raps yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah. So like he he kinda like we just got to talking. He had a con we were at Bell Harbor Mall and he had a condo like right across the street in Surfside, like over the ocean. He had a studio in it. And um and he was like, yeah, man, like, you should just come over and, like, listen to this shit I'm making and, like, play me some of your shit. And yeah. I, was, I was, like, reluctant, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, fuck, what the fuck, you know? So I go over to this dude's house, and I think, like, he played me some, like, I don't know. It sounded like complaint rock or something, you know? <laughs> and I played him some, like, fucking horrible rap, rap music. No, <laughs> yeah. this, I didn't even have the emo shit recorded yet. I had, like, I just only the had old the old thug rap? Yeah, I only had the oh, old shit. shit. So um, I only had the old shit, so... I think that we kind of like, if I remember it correctly, I don't think either one of us really liked each other's music at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we had just got to talking about, you know, I was asking him about how it was to work with Timberland. I was like so fascinated and he was a really good guitar player and he could sing. And like, I had only ever been in like rap studios. I'd never been in a studio with like a guitar. I'd never been in a studio with somebody who could sing, you know? And we we just kind of hit it off and and he was a really he was like a complete songwriter but a lot of the songs he had he would just like he would just kind of have some words but mostly kind of map it out with melodies and yep. not like finish the lyrics yep and kind of would like come back to him and like you know it it somehow it, it one of us maybe him or someone had the bright idea of me to like put words to the melodies yeah. to, that he was singing and that's how my that's whole crazy. that's how i that was the birth of my that is crazy. Being in the music business, you and, know? And were the early songs, because you had just come fresh off a thug rap career, were the <laughs> early songs like about love and butterflies or were they... His shit or my shit? Like the lyrics you were writing. For him, it was weird because like, I, I've always had a really good imagination yeah. and I've always had that like lack of being embarrassed. Yeah. 
So he would like he had concepts and he had songs and like were kind of like they were had intention and were had concept and had things like it wasn't just a completely blank slate, you know. But give me an example of like a theme of one of the songs. I mean, I, you know, it's like I I can't. Like, is it love songs or is it? It wasn't really love songs. Like, if you really like listen to like Kevin's first album was kind of just an album that he wanted to make about growing up in New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like super lovey dovey songs. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was right. more just like you know songs like Let It Rock and Welcome to the World and Coffee and Donuts and there was a love okay, song. So that's you a, know there was yeah. like a, there was like this kind of beautiful song on there called Scarred. You know. But you didn't go from thug rap to sugar. Is that, I guess what I'm getting at? No. Right? I mean, Kevin's shit was kind of like, he was kind of making hard beats under his shit. It was a yep. little kind of rock. It was yep. kind of punky. So it was still, it's, I, I it still had, I could kind of infuse my rapper mm -hmm. lingo into his shit. Yep. And then he would just be like, this doesn't make sense. Like these words don't fit these syllables. And this, and kind of like really helped me break it down to the point where like, that's kind of how we did everything. He would, he would make all the music. He'd, I think mostly, if not all the time do all the melodies yeah a lot of times he'd have the song title or what he want to talk about and some of the chorus done and and i would help fill in like cool rapper lyrics yeah, and he yeah, would yeah. kind of infuse like my rapper language with his like actual songwriting ability yep. and that's kind of how those songs all kind of came to be and then yeah. so josh berkman who's our boy our friend yeah our good friend in the middle of all this shit so i made all my rap shit with josh he was the engineer at like the only studio on virginia oh, beach the guy he told me that and kevin you know was you know, he had other shit going on, like, you know, in his life, and he was making the music, and, you know, it, it's a lot of work, like, to, like, finish a song, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, you gotta, it's not only production and recording and writing, but it's like, you gotta mix it down and make it sound good, and I think, like, we were making songs in volume, and I was just like, yo, man, like, my boy's, like, an incredible engineer, like, you should have him come down, he could really help, like, with the workload, and yeah. he'd be good to have around. I think Kevin sometimes was like, man, fuck, I don't feel like sitting on Pro Tools all night, whatever. That's how that went down? That's how Josh came to Miami? Yeah. Holy I was just, shit. I, I, would, I, I just convinced Kevin to just, like, fly him down to Miami, and then, like, Kevin would pay him, I think, for some of the shit, but then it wasn't enough, like, work for Josh to, like, justify staying down there, so he bounced around, Yeah. and then next thing you know, he's Birdman's engineer, yeah. and then next thing you know, he's, like, Birdman's right hand, and then he walks Kevin in and gets him a deal at Cash Money, Damn and then Lil Wayne hops on Let It Rock, and then we're on tour, and, like, my life changes overnight. And you co-wrote Let It Rock, right? Well, not exactly. I, I would say this. I, I did the original rap verse on Let It Rock, Yeah. and I don't really... So Little Wayne took your. I spot. don't really remember <laughs> how how that song all the way went down. I yep. I know I I know if if it wasn't a hundred percent, it was it was mostly Kevin. I, I maybe I had some influence, yep. or maybe maybe I just did that. I know that I did the rap verse and those like rocks in the mm -hmm, middle mm -hmm. of Wayne's verse were mine and my verse. Yep. And they kept those in there, and yep. so he wrapped around like that was part of my pattern and syncopation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. I was rapping, then I had the rocks, like, as my little breaks. And that's still, like, my vocal in the song, yeah. I'm pretty sure, unless yeah. he replaced it. Yeah. And they took me out, and Wayne kind of did the verse instead, and but kept my thing in there. And, you know, I don't it's know. It's just funny I, for I me. Mean, like, I mean, and, if, any, if anything, I would have thought that I would have had, like, like, now, had I had done that, I probably, I would have definitely had something on the song. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't sit there and be like, you know, it was like, it was like a true form of co-writing. But it, it was one of those things where, like, I did do that verse, and I did have those rocks. That, that was my... Yeah contribution yeah, yeah, contribution yeah. to the song um and i guess what i'm trying to wrap my head around it and for the listener but no is my like, name's not on it and i i don't have any credit on it and but I you were in the any. mix I, all i was trying to say right. was this was like it's really dope that that's how you met kevin and then 
Josh was engineering in Virginia. He came down, and for the listener, Josh is our friend who yeah. became literally Birdman's right hand man. Yeah, handling almost all the business for Cash Money in the absolute heyday. Yeah, then to sign Kevin, and then you and Kevin are writing songs together. Like that's crazy yeah. how that all kind of just at once like worked. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was like Ricky Bobby, like yeah. slingshot. <laughs> We yeah, slingshotted, slingshotted each, each other, other in for yeah. the win. Damn it. <laughs> you know? So um, is that when is that when you were like, okay, I'm a songwriter? Well, not really because, like like I said, like, and, and, and you know, I mean, whatever. I'm probably going to catch some shit for saying this. But, mm-hmm. like, I didn't, like, I should have had my name on that song. I mm-hmm. should have had credit. I should have had some sort of publishing and made some money off that song. Yep. I, I didn't. Yep. For well, whatever Birdman reason. wouldn't have paid anyway. It wasn't so. Birdman. It, it, it wasn't <laughs> Birdman. But but even with like ASCAP money, that song was such a huge hit yeah. that if if I would have got two percent of that song for my contribution, it, it would have done a huge amount for my life. Yep. Um, were you? Did you realize that at the time? Like at the time, were you kind of upset about that? You or know, no? like I'm not gonna sit there like you know I like I don't know, man. I I think sometimes I'm still upset about yeah, it when yeah, it comes yeah. up. Yeah. Because I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah. Like you know, like that shit would never happen to me right now. Yeah. Like I would never get played like that yeah. but then like was it malicious i don't know yeah. was everybody new i don't know yeah. you know I, I don't fucking know it's like it was it was so long ago and like sometimes i get a little bit bitter about it when that song comes up or yeah. like when i'm at when i'm at a fucking basketball game and that that shit's on and i'm yeah. just like man i could have got like you know if i if i wrote a song and somebody did a part and we end up taking out the part but we used a piece of the part like i would break somebody yeah, yeah, off yeah, of that yeah, shit yeah. you know so, but what i'll say is that's probably why you are that way today which will pay yeah. back in that form yeah right is i think that it's from those early moments of feeling that yeah. you're like i would never do yeah. this to somebody yeah i mean and given that like i love kevin i still talk yeah, to kevin course, I, lo- yeah. I love i love i love him and his family yeah. like i would do anything for the guy yep. he's i wouldn't be here without him yep um, and i don't have anything bad to say about him i'm, I'm talking about it this is an experience yeah. you know this is an experience that i had in the business and you know it's something that like you know it, it comes up from time yeah, to time yeah, yeah, you know no. and, I, and i don't sit there and be like i wrote that fucking song you yeah. know i'm just saying like i contributed to that song and 100%. I, I, you know it is what it is and, I, and, and my, I think i'm on every other song on the album except maybe there might be one more song that i'm not on um and then you know and we you're came, credited on all the other ones yeah, yeah yeah and then we came out to la um we went on tour i was like his hype man on tour Were i was you? like yeah i was kind of like a hype man that's you know? amazing I toured all over the country with him a couple times. Yeah, I think I was making like seven hundred bucks a week. I was fucking killing, killing it. it yeah, and um, <laughs> you know whatever the fuck it was. And then, like the first hit that got me in the game was "Good Girls Go Bad" by yep. Cobra Starship. Yep. So was that? Because I remember. I just want to put it in for the sake of the story and the sake of the listener. I remember meeting you. You came to the Fantasy Factory when I had a music studio at the Fantasy Factory, mm-hmm. and I was making beats. And I remember Josh linked us up and josh was like this is my boy he's a writer i swear there was a part of it that was a rapper i don't think he wasn't saying like you wanted to rap but he was saying that you were previously a rapper and now you're a writer and that you wrote a lot of shit with kevin yeah until i got sober on my 30th birth well i okay here we go i i'm 33 and a half or something i I turned 34 in october yeah i'm sober three and a half years yeah i i turned 30 in rehab on the 30th day of rehab so i went in the last month of me being 29 between when that started and the day i went to rehab every so months yeah i would get high enough that i'd be like i'm an artist yeah and i'd go (laughs) and i'd like attempt it again or i'd like shoot a stupid music video or i'd be like i'm gonna do like a comedy rap i'm gonna put i'm gonna put a band together like i i had the artist bug for a long time as you should but i'm saying 
you didn't come in and like say I'm a rapper. I just think I, I just am painting the picture of like yeah. I think it I mean was, it's like my name is Jacob Casher and everyone calls me J Cash. I have a rapper name. You, you have know? to rap. Yeah, You're it's obligated. Like, it's like I have a rapper name. You know, I'm like I'm from Virginia Beach. You know, I wear like baggy basketball shorts and yeah. sweatpants and like you know. Hey, I kinda, I'm a white guy that everyone calls drama. Man, I get it. Yeah, you know I, what I, mean? I look like a rapper or I, that I make beats. Yeah, you know, all day. I, I get it. I don't look like I you know a sophisticated. And the type of songs you write. Too. I'm not a sophisticated yeah. songwriter. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I, I still channel all, all the rap shit into every pop song. I yeah, write. which is, I'll, I'll get into that. What? Okay, so I guess timeline wise, so yeah, you write, good girls go bad. Yeah. For Cobra Starship. Yep. At the time, was Cobra Starship? They weren't like a big thing. They, right? It was like a made up thing. Like so, Gabe Supporta, he was a singer of this band Midtown, okay, and which is like a kind of a big pop punk band. Yep. Um, and then he did a song for Snakes on the Plane, the movie. Yep. Yep. And they, he didn't want to do it as like Gabe Supporta. I think I don't know if I'm telling this, but this is what I recollect. Yep. If Gabe, if you listen to this and. I'm wrong. Just tell me because yep. he's actually my next door neighbor now. So he'll just he, <laughs> Gabe, he, just in case. Yeah, Gabe, just in case. This is how I Let remember. Let me know. It. I'll put it in the notes of the. Yeah, podcast. I remember it as Cobra Starship was like kind of a made-up name they used to put out this song yep. on Snakes on a Plane, and then like it did well, and like Gabe's like you know I don't think Gabe like manages people now, mm-hmm. but like that kid's a fucking star, man. He's like a fuck, six foot four, extremely good looking, charismatic yeah. like front man. You yeah, know, yeah, he's yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, let's make a record for these guys you know and yep. so like i got we went out and me and kevin rudolph got put in with them and cara diaguardi mm-hmm. and we we made good girls go bad and what was cara at the time what was was she a- popping yeah okay yeah um so it's like these guys are popping they have this hot record on the soundtrack let's make them a record you did and it worked yeah that's dope i had no idea who, the, who they were they weren't like a band with like a name or anything. yeah but so then when it came out you had to have that feeling of like holy shit like yeah we got I, I mean one. it was it had the turnaround time i remember was like really quick too and i remember like leighton meester ended up getting on the song yeah, yeah, she was yeah. like on gossip girl yeah i remember that like that's tight that's you know? funny and so did you feel uh did you feel like things change at that moment or was yeah, it yeah i did feel things change like when it came out on the radio because i remember like you know, I didn't feel any satisfaction when I heard Let It Rock on the radio because I wasn't yeah. on it. Yeah, but yeah, when yeah. It, when I finally heard when I heard a song that was like really on the radio and becoming a, a, a huge hit yep. that I had written and it was my name was on it and I knew I was getting paid for it. And yeah. I, like that was like my first like like there was stepping stones and like feelings of accomplishment. But that was my first like liquid accomplishment. Yeah, like real. Yeah. Like the tangent. Like okay, I feel this. This is like. Or, or this is not not that I feel this that this is real. This, yeah. this is an accomplishment. Yeah. It's not yeah. a feeling of accomplishment. Yeah, something's come out. And do you pretty quickly get uh, follow up calls and and people reaching out? Or, yeah, I or mean the, the it... thing was because of Let It Rock, Kevin was so hot, mm-hmm. you know, and I was Kevin's like right hand man. So everywhere, so Kevin really didn't go anywhere without me. Mm-hmm. And he empowered me, and he would be like, "I'm not doing the session without J Cash," and yep. he would he brought me into everything. Got it. So so it just was. It, it, I, I I was literally riding his coattails. Like Kevin was like a hot. Kevin produced Let It Rock too. A lot of people, so it. he was like the writer, producer, and artist of a massive hit. Yep. Which is not a lot of people do that, you know. Yep. So he had that would let it rock and so he's like everybody wants to work with him um people want him to produce shit write shit feature on stuff he you know he became one of those guys that everybody wanted to fuck with and he brought me everywhere yeah was there a was there an any other moment like a a hit hit 
record that you had where you were like, this is now on another level. Now it's Jay Cash. Yeah. I as mean, Jay Cash. yeah. I mean, it's like good girls go bad. And then like round and round for Selena Gomez in the scene was yep. Kevin. And then halfway gone for Light Lifehouse was me and Kevin. Yeah. And then me and Kevin had a whole bunch of other things. Damn, halfway gone. Mm hmm. And then That's the, crazy. the first thing that I did without like a big person in the room. Yeah. With like a Kevin or a Luke or a Max or you know yeah. any of the, any of like or Benny Blanco without like without yeah. one of the you know yeah and and a couple of these people ended up fixing it at the end yeah 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 but like me and Ammo who was like my you know my best friend yeah. he's like my brother you know um we wrote we are who we are yeah. for Kesha yeah. and with Kesha and then Kesha came in and like we we did our thing and uh, it was such a good experience making that song and it like it felt like a hit in the room and then i remember you know uh i remember the first time i heard it on the radio and it came out and i watched it go to number one on itunes the first day yeah. and then it was the 17th song in history to ever debut at number one on billboard yeah and it was like it was so much different than everything else it was like holy fuck man like me and my boy you yeah. know like yeah, me yeah, and yeah. my me and my dude yeah. like what the fuck did we just do, you know? And that shit gave me the confidence to feel like, like that was the first time I ever felt like a songwriter. Yeah. Like I felt like I had accomplished something by doing Good Girls Go Bad as a contributor and as someone who was there and was supposed to be there and was like Kevin's guy and like I would empower Kevin to like do his shit and I was there. And But, but that was the first time I felt like, wow, like we sat down and did yeah. this. This was us. Like we fucking, you know, we, we really, really were, um, undeniably like it yeah. you know what i mean because i feel like you were i want to say this without sounding like i'm i'm not taking anything away from from any of it but i'm saying like you worked with a lot of really talented people yeah with i remember the benny blanco times and when you were with max and that stuff and like i just feel like that had to be a huge moment i just think like you're involved in all these big records and that must feel amazing but yeah. that's what i was hoping happened yeah. was that there was this one time when you're like you know yeah. what i'm i can do this yeah. on my own yeah it was crazy too because um so before that the the lifehouse record halfway gone mm -hmm. i won an ascap award for that really and i didn't know i was winning it like uh -huh. they tell you before you winning so they're like oh you're winning an ascap award this year and you go and they give you like a medal and you wear it around and they call you up on stage you get i had no idea they just called my name and i'm gonna see it i'm like what the fuck uh -huh. so i go win this award and i was like man this shit feels amazing like i can't believe this happened to me and i felt like it was like kind of like lucky and i felt like it was really kind of like kevin and, and jason wade the singer for lifehouse just he's my boy and he's incredible and like i, I kind of felt like it was more their song that again i added some lyrics to yeah I, I added my touch to yeah but it wasn't my creation it was theirs i was a part of it publishing did great for me in my career yeah but i didn't know and then when i got when they hit me up and told me i was winning an ascap award for we are who we are the whole thing was is like I they told me a month before, so I got to bring my parents, and uh -huh, that was like the really uh -huh, the best thing. Uh -huh. I had my parents fly out here, and like they went to the ASCAP awards and sat in a room with like I mean I remember like my mom like talked to Katy Perry that night, like yeah, it was just a room full of the biggest and best songwriters, you know, it's yeah. like Stargate, Max Martin, and you know just everyone there, and you know I'm fucking winning this award and the and it's just you and your boy on the I mean obviously yeah, uh, like does Kesha go up on stage too? How's that work? I don't remember if she I don't think she was there. But just the fact that you as the songwriter up on the yeah, stage, yeah, it's like me and thing. like my best friend that like we used to just fuck around and you yeah. know and like and it was just so good and um and my parents got to be there and it was like you know I mean it, it was just crazy. It was just one of those moments where like I really finally felt like not that I made it. I felt like that I 
I felt like I became a songwriter that day. Yeah. The song was written previously, but I felt like now, like, my parents can go home and go to sleep at night knowing that I'm, I have a, a job. A career, yeah. A you career, know, and, like, yeah. there's all these things that kind of went into why that kind of felt like the first day. Yeah. That felt like my first day of, like, I made the team. Yeah, that that's what I wanted. I really hoped that there was that moment because not only is it great for the story, but I just, that's what you dream of, right? Yeah. Where like when, even when I was wanting to make beats and stuff like that, you dream of that moment yeah. of like, I'm the guy. Yeah. You know, and that's your, just yeah. your moment of saying J Cash yeah. can create a hit record on yeah. his own. Is... I mean, I made like some money and I, I did some things and I, I celebrated a couple things and I, you know, I, I, I got down on myself. Like I, I did went through all these ups and downs, but like the, the, the most defining, defining things were two things. Like nothing, the best feeling, the best feeling ever that you did no that no matter what the song does, is like when the song's done and the first time you listen to the finished song from yep. beginning to end, yep. and you jump up and down the whole way through and yeah. it's over and you're like, Holy fuck, we made something amazing. That's the that's the number one. That's, Do you feel like uh, just cause you feel like you know when you got one? I feel like now I know when I got one. And you do that, and you have that moment. Uh, you know what it is? I don't know when I got one. I know, hey, uh, let me rephrase. I always know when I don't got one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such an What obvious, do you do when you listen to the mixed down version? And I don't like, even finish it. Like, got it. I don't even finish an idea unless I feel really, really good about it. Got and it. there's like so many phases. It's like, it's almost like meeting some, meet, you know, you, you meet someone. Then you hang out with them, and you become friends, and you text, and then you date, and then you fuck, and then one day you get married, and then you have a kid, and then, you know, your ten-year wedding anniversary—that's when the songs finish. It's like yeah, it's such yeah, a problem, yeah, yeah, even if it's yeah. all in, in four hours. Yeah, it, it goes through so many phases of like, is this good? And you know Are when the marriage the right is falling thing? apart, or when the first date is bad, <laughs> yeah. or when the baby. Yeah, you and, know? and once you have experience, you know when to walk away. Yeah, and sometimes it's like you know what. Sometimes you, you, you break up with the song, you date around a little bit, and yeah. then you, you see that song again, yeah. you're like, wait a minute, if yeah. I would have did this so differently, yeah. and, and you, re you, you reapproach it, and sometimes that can become the biggest Do you shit. have a hit record where that's happened? I mean... Just to give people an example, is there one that like you revisit, that you thought was trash, even if the next day you came back and revisited it? And I mean, being... I'll tell you what, man, when, when we first made, in Ammo, the same dude I did We Are Who We Are with, uh, we did Sugar together with mm -hmm. Mike Posner, and like yeah. we, so that's Maroon Five for the listeners. Yeah, Sugar, that's, that's Maroon Five. Was a, it was it was probably my most career defining record to this day. Yeah, and, it, and you know I'm like still trying to beat that fucking record. Yeah, and I'm and record. I'm getting close. I mean, I just had Don't Want to Know for them and a couple. You know, I keep I keep getting lucky. So hope I'm just you know hope the, the luck doesn't run out. I don't think Fuck. it's called luck after. Well, this I just many. work with the <laughs> tightest people. Like that's what I said. Like I said at the beginning, like it's not like I'm not the tightest songwriter. I'm just like the tightest. You have the tightest. At, I'm the tightest at being <laughs> yeah. a songwriter. Yeah. That's, that should literally be the title of the podcast. Yeah, um, the tightest at being a songwriter. I'm the tightest at being a songwriter. I'm not the tightest songwriter. Um, but so on Sugar, you did. I mean, that song was old as shit. You know, it was like it was probably three or four years old or something. And I just remember we made it and it was awesome. And I don't think like Ammo had these chords that were awesome. And I remember we were listening to shit. And we had something that we wanted to do. And I remember Posner being like. You know, uh, play some chords. That... <laughs> I was hoping you <laughs> did do an impression. He's like, he's like, ammo. Play some chords that that you don't think I'd want to listen to. Posner was really the hero. Like, well, no, I, okay, musically, melodically, ammo, lyrically, conceptually, championing the song, 
Posner. Mm-hmm. Adding the sauce and just the tight things and maybe like one melody that was really sick and yeah. then like a few of the key things and kind of just like being tight at being a songwriter, <laughs> J Cash. <laughs> General sort of vibe you know? in the studio, like, J Cash. Yeah, but but like Posner was the one who like believed in the song and yeah. like championed it and like really thought it was something and then there was a it was a point that he was gonna keep it. Who was then, it originally written for? Just nobody? It was just a I think we were just writing. Yeah. I mean, I think Posner was making a record at the time and did he demo it? Yeah, his demo is amazing. Is it? Like amazing, yeah. like amazing, or amazing, like so bad it's amazing? <laughs> like it's amazing. <laughs> like I probably have it on my phone. I could probably play Ooh, it. Ooh, if mic. you could put it up to the mic, that'd be some exclusive. I'll do it. Um, I don't know if I, if I have it right in this thing. Damn, so three years. That and, thing was and, just... it, and it's funny because it's like the, the main thing is, oh, yeah, it's Posner and Ammo are arguing over the pre-chorus because we had the pre-chorus that's in the song mm-hmm. that you know is Ammo's and then Posner came back and was like I wrote this new pre-chorus uh-huh. and Ammo didn't like it and they fought over it who's made it Ammo's <laughs> but here's the thing with that song too is like you know it's kind of and just in the ethos forever and then like Adam heard it and Adam's like yo I know what to do with this Really? And he changed a couple lyrics, and he rewrote the bridge, and he did something. He he really made it. He turned it into a Maroon Five song with yeah. his with his kind of thing. And um, I mean, the band did their parts on it. It's just amazing how many, yeah. like how that works. I can't, I don't even know what to like compare it to. It's like you're crafting this thing, and so many people are involved. And you know what I'm saying? It's never one person, like just one person all the way through. I mean, did anyone? In, can you think of anyone in history who's ever done that? Where it's just them creating songs prince okay well that's why it's great <laughs> so, so there's a few people prince, there's so, a few people i mean there's some people that i, I like you know mr bungle <laughs> fucking you know the point is <laughs> the way that the standard process goes down there's so many really smart really creative cooks in the kitchen and like the evolution that these records go through to yeah. become this thing you hear on the radio is yeah. like so crazy that's what i was trying to convey yeah it does i mean sometimes there's like sometimes people would be a, see a song and there's like a lot of writers on the song and it's like how did nine people write the song like yeah. there's only two verses two choruses and a pre you know but it's like it's not really like that it's like you know maybe somebody made the track and two songwriters went in and wrote a chorus it wrote a song and the, and what they got out of it was the chorus and the, and the rest of the song wasn't good so yeah. they so they gave it to somebody else who ended up writing like amazing melodies but couldn't come up with any good lyrics and then those people were burnt on the song so then the artist and the writer that the artist likes to write with went in and yeah. wrote the lyrics and it's like you know yeah and then you get like this hit record yeah that... and then it's like how did all these people get on the song and it's like and who are these other two people that weren't even there it's well nuts that actually that's the norm you yeah. know like that's the norm yeah i mean I as, like. as a songwriter like you 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 know, you make making money off your publishing. Yeah. You try not to. You try. You want to have like a fifty percent or a hundred percent or a thirty-three and a third yeah. percent. Or like you want to. You want to keep it low if you can. But at the same time, I would never let percentage get in the way of a, of a smash. You know. Yes, and that happens. I feel like a lot. Yeah, like and if ego I need, and that yeah. stuff gets in the way of. Yeah, like if I'm working with like, you know, it is what it is. Like I work. You know, we did don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, the Maroon Five single with the with these kids, the Arcade, who are mm-hmm. who are really cool kids and they're mm-hmm. dope beat makers. Like, and I think they're producers, you know. But to me, it was like, I need Benny Blanco to make this fucking thing sound the way I needed to sound yeah. in my head. And like, yeah. I'm not saying that they couldn't have done it because yeah. they might have. Hindsight is always, I, but I know Benny's gonna. Yep. You know, so I get the song to Benny. Benny gets hit what he gets, which means we all get a little bit less, but a little bit less of a 
of a song that's eight weeks number one overall radio yep. is a lot more than if if, if the song fell short. Yep. And and you know, I'm not saying that it would have fell short. I'm just saying. No, no, I get it. It's it it could have been. Principle. It, it, it's not even that. It's like you know, maybe the arcade would have made it ten weeks. Like I don't know. It just it. I just wasn't. You know, there were fans of Benny. I'm Benny's one of my close friends we we all felt that that was the move and we felt like it, it was a it was a sonic insurance policy for the yeah, song yeah 100%, you know and we, yeah. we so we took it out yeah you know yeah and it worked and it worked and it and, paid off yeah and it paid off and the song's fucking rad any you other know? big uh just because i love for the sake of the listeners who because songwriting is a really interesting thing where you're a part of these massive moments and these massive records mm -hmm. but you're behind the scenes you're really behind the scenes yeah any other big i don't do like the billboard shit you know i haven't no. i haven't done any like songwriter profiles like there's a lot of songwriters that get like press and yeah. do things and I, i've just kind of opted to not do it and I, i'm not knocking the ones who do it because if, if it helps them and helps their families then maybe i just, should yeah, be doing you just it. don't seem like that type of guy like you're just you, you you wear sweats and you just you're tattooed and you just yeah chill I mean, um any other big set what i was going to ask is big memorable sessions of uh, you know, this record came out of nowhere, or this came out of nowhere, whatever. That of things that turned into these hit records. I mean, every every song that I've had come out and done well has like, you know, I mean, you gotta think if it's like if I have three to, five, I mean, and even me saying this out loud, like wow, having like three to five, sometimes more, like songs that come out on the radio and do well every yeah. year is like not real. Yeah, it's like it's fucking crazy to say that out loud. Yeah, and it's it's just like. You know, that's why I'm, I don't give a fuck how many people like I'm I, I appreciate people telling me that I'm talented and I know what I'm doing. I do not know what I'm doing. I, I don't know if yeah. I if, if I knew what I was doing, I'd have a hundred of them. hundred percent. You know, Max, what, Max Martin knows what the fuck he's yeah, doing. He I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I know like, you know, I know how to have fun and I know how to get people excited and I know how to do a lot of shit. And you know you how know. to be good at being a songwriter. Yeah. I mean, it's like you, it's like I go in the studio all the time. And most of the time, it sucks. And then sometimes, you know, if you want to call it the universe, if you mm -hmm. want to call it God mm -hmm. or Satan or whatever it is that... Yeah. that, 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 that sometimes that, Satan gives that, me a hit record. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 you know, whatever it is that you channel, whatever, you know, your inspiration from, yeah. that's like, it's a gift. It's given to you. Yep. And, and, and you have this, like, diamond that you know is buried and you have to dig it out yeah. you know and that and that's like the skill you know and it's like the, the the gift is finding the that one melody or that one phrase that you feel like people are going to want to sing along to yeah. people like it's that that the artist can whoever the artist is going to be can really feel it and relate to it want to live it and perform it and shoot a video to it and the label wants to put money behind it and all this shit you know which is like how the f it's magic like i you know one of the things like that I that I say like if I ever write a book or if I ever get to like coin coin a fucking corny ass phrase that yep. I say all the time yep. is I I always say this shit I'm like I get to walk into a quiet room mm -hmm. fill it with sound and turn it into actual money yeah. like it's magic yeah. it's it's fucking crazy it is you know magic. Out of thin it's air. magic it's like it's really what magic is out of thin air you know yep and and not only I, that but like think of like not to get too deep and hippie here but like think of the human music is so cool to me and the reason why i want so badly to be involved in music yeah. still is because you're creating something that undeniably makes people feel a way yeah right whether they're hammered at a club or they're crying because they broke up with their girlfriend boyfriend whatever it is like mm -hmm. you're creating things that are like moments stuck in people's brains yeah and that's what's so dope is 
like you know i have a clothing line and i try to inspire people and try to make the clothing line about being young and reckless and challenging the status quo and being youth against authority yeah. but you have a much quicker path to making people feel because when you feel a hit record you feel it totally. no matter who you are you yeah. feel it even if you hate it yeah you still feel it totally i mean you know it, it's you know it, it's it, we could get really deep into this, which yeah. we probably shouldn't. But yeah, it's, it's also like you know, it, it, it's also like it, there's the, the music business. Like what's, you know, it's it's rare. Like I mean, with Cobra Starship, like like they had had their one thing, but that was really the song that broke them. And they did a couple other things, and like Kevin broke off Let It Rock, but then never really had another moment after that. Yep. But like the fucking craziest thing about songwriters is it's like there's all these artists that thank god they fucking collaborate with us yeah or what the fuck would we be doing yeah. you know like because a lot of these artists are songwriters so they yeah. like to collaborate yeah. right so what you'd be doing is you'd be thug rapping in virginia <laughs> yeah so it's like you gotta think you got like you know however many artists that, this is this is a stupid number but like let's say there's 20 artists standing in a line yeah and you know in front of each artist there's a line of probably a million people mm -hmm. each trying to get their attention and yep. trying to get them, you know, and, and, and it's not only that, that line, th th these million people are going to be after this artist for a week and then it's going to switch and it's going to be a new, so mm -hmm. you're in the most, it's a fucking needle in a haystack. Like you're in competition with every single person on earth yep. trying to get someone who has a vehicle Mm -hmm. to make you money and mm -hmm. get there and get your and get the song heard mm -hmm. to fuck with you mm -hmm. it's crazy it's it's, it's fucking not. stupid like so you know you have to be delusional yeah to be a songwriter yeah you have to be like a little bit of a narcissist because like how the fuck you know i mean look at how many fucking people graduate from schools like berkeley and how many like people are trained and can play instruments and sing so well and do all these things and write all these songs and compose and read music and do all this shit. Yep. And it's like my fucking dumb, stupid ass <laughs> is, 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 is fucking is making what? hits every year. And it's I not, it. And, it, and it's like, it, it, that's why it's like, it's the music business. You know, it's, it's the business of, of turning music into money. It's like, yep. there is artistic, uh, integrity and value and real creativity and things that come from the heart and things that come from the soul that go into these songs but you also got to be like a fucking sharp motherfucker to be able to get your shit heard yes. you you know you can't just like the days of just like being like the dude who's like i'm just gonna sit at the joshua tree on my ukulele and someone's yeah. gonna discover me it's yeah, like uh -huh. no you're gonna be discovered being eaten by vultures in the middle of the desert <sighs> million percent next to your fucking ukulele yes and it, it's not it, a strategy yeah and so it's like if you're a fucking if you're a social dipshit get a fucking scumbag manager yeah yeah it's <laughs> yeah. gonna get you in your fucking shit yep. or you know or or be charismatic or or don't be shy or be you know be, there's just so many different things that you have to do that go into getting you know getting a song across yep. getting an artist you know and that's you know to my next point is why if it's not my friends, if it's not an artist that I really love and respect, um, I'm just really not interested in chasing anymore. Yeah. Like I, I don't, you know, I'm, that's why I'm building my own company. I'm signing my own things. Like the real reward is when you, is when you are part of cultivating something from the beginning. Yeah. And I've never done that. I mean, Kevin Rudolph is the closest thing, but yep. like I end up being, you know, he wasn't signed to me. I was signed to him. Yep. So yep. that was probably all in all, even with everything, 
to this day, the, the biggest thing I've been a part of yeah. in a way. Yeah. I was there from the beginning, you know, and, 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 and that's why now it's like the people that I like, the other thing too, is like, I think because of who I am as a songwriter, like, mm-hmm. you know, I've been, I've been really blessed and really lucky to be able to write good lyrics and have good taste and, and help cultivate these songs and have, and I'm friends with artists that for whatever reason they like me and they yeah. want to be around me. Yeah. They care about what I have to say. Yeah. You know, like Charlie Puth has been a huge champion of me, Megan, Adam, you know, Selena. I mean, I could name a whole bunch of people. Like, I don't even want to start naming names because then I'm going to forget 25 people that have yeah. been so good to me. Yeah. So, you know. Um, but you're just a good guy, man. And that's why I think a, a big lesson from this and from, I knew this, I guess, kind of anyways about you, but when you package it into an hour, yeah. you relearn it is just the power of being a good person and like i'm not saying you got to go do charity work every weekend and you got to be this crazy hippie person i'm saying just being a cool dude it's like they don't teach you that in college they don't teach you that anywhere and it's just that's one thing about you that it sounds like you even give credit to taking you a long way is like you're just you're an easy dude to be around. You're a cool dude. You're I, not a crazy I, ego I, guy. I appreciate you're not a, it. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell you, like, I, I'll never be the richest person because I I don't have the the ability to like yeah. really shark up, you know, yeah. and do certain things that it takes to get certain places. You yeah. know, like some people have really done it gracefully. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's and if and if it and if that's you know if if that's what's in store for me, like I want to do it gracefully. It's like if I, you know, if I make enough money to like feed my kid and like take care of my wife and I can go see my family and my, you know, my parents on the, like if I make enough money to survive, I'm fucking rich yep. because I, I, you know, cause I just do what I love to do every day, yep. you know? But at the same time, like, you know, I'm 33, which is young, but I've been doing this like for real for 10 years. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've been kind of like on a steady incline and I've had little dips and, and stuff, but I've, I've never taken like a huge slump, like a huge loss as far as like, you know, every, like there's going to be a point in time where I'm not on the radio for a while. Mm -hmm. Like it happens to everyone. And, you know, maybe I could like really, really grind it through and and stay relevant and stay cool. But it's like, how much longer am I going to be able to write like, sick lyrics for a 17 year old girl <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know sure. i don't fucking at know. a certain point it's going to be a little bit alarming if you can still do it it is You're like it's, he's 60 years old and he's writing these love yeah, songs yeah you know but i but i really like i do i i want to you know I'm, I'm really i'm really um i'm really kind of feeling good about making a transition from like being yep. like a session songwriter a student you know like i'm executive producing things now um i'm kind of being part of whole albums i'm i'm being taken seriously and i'm and i'm building my business and i'm and it's kind of like a nice transitional yeah period i am but i i really want to bring up people under under me and yep. really help people make money and get and get them into good deals and good situations where they wake up one day and they don't hate me for yep. you know and i think that that's where and that's great because i was going to be where i was going to take it was like what's next and that's that's where i think that like the the times of getting shit on and all the grinding it out and all the seeing how bad people can be and whatever. I legitimately believe that that will be sort of your like, I don't want to say legacy. That's a big word, but that'll be your thing, right? I think that when you're uh, 60 years old and you're rich as shit, uh, it'll be, he's about his business. Cause even I'll say this, when we had those meetings about the stuff we were talking about, my impression of you was not that you were a shark, but that you've been through it a lot and you're really smart and you don't have time to worry about anything that isn't legit. 
So right. you seem you didn't seem sharky, but you seemed very serious and like you're not gonna get over on me or get around me. I only want to do what matters. Yeah. And that seems like where you're at in your life. And I just think I guess rounding it all out, what I'm saying is I believe that one day your company will be incredibly successful. You will build and create stars and you will do it you will do it kind of in this strict about my business, but never screwing anyone over sort of way. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like what I what I want to do. You know, I want to, like, I definitely, you know, I, I don't aspire to be like a billionaire. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, if, if that happened, like, I, of course I'd be happy. Mm -hmm. But I, but look at what, like, what every really billionaire, all they do is they just give away all the money because yeah. there's no need to have that much money. So, yeah, if the only reason I'd even ever like to be a billionaire is so I could give a, a shit ton of money to people that don't yeah. have any. That would be awesome. Yeah. But other than that, I just I just want to be comfortable and I just want to be set up, you know, and I'm, you know, that, yeah. that that's really what I care about. And if that, you know, I, I do want to have a big successful company, but I want it to be big and successful because of the music and then and because of the artists and, you know, obviously that comes with with rewards if you do it right. Yeah, I think it, But yeah. you know, it's for me like where the business is going or everything's going like, you know, as much as I idolize the songwriters and producers, the legends, you know, um, they're not who I who I want to be. You know, that's not Why? who, who I see. The... Like, I want to be Jimmy Iovine. I want to be David Geffen. I I want to you know I want to be Clive Davis. But let me I, ask you this, because since because I know you don't care about the money aspect of those guys, and that's what a lot of people think when they think of them. That's the first thing they think is money. What about what's the trait from them that you want? Because I I just feel like my heart. And my brain is more geared towards the business, the cultivation, yeah. finding artists, finding talent, developing it, putting it out, pushing buttons, yep. getting things taken care of. Because that's what I have to do to get songs on the radio now as it is. Mm -hmm. Except I make somebody, you know, millions of dollars and I make 400000 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's not about the money. It's about the work to reward. Yep. And it's like, you know, I have a lot of, I have songs out on the radio now. I have songs coming out on the radio now. I've had songs on the radio every year, which is a, is a blessing. But I am also the guy who's going to take a risk mm -hmm. and who's going to step away for a minute. You know, I'm still going to write songs. I'm still going to pop in when I'm inspired. I'm still going to fuck with artists that fuck with me. Yep. You know, a lot of these a lot of these artists, I feel like I owe it to them. Yep. That even if it's not where my head is to come in and give and give it a shot because they, you know, I, I wouldn't have. A career if it wasn't for for yep. them yep. um but to me it's like i'm not going to be one of those dudes that wake up one day and had wanted to do something for the like i'm not going to wake up at 43 and be like damn i still haven't yeah yeah, yeah. tried to try that thing yeah. i still haven't tried like you know what's what's my geffen what's yep. my what's my beats by dre what's yep. my what's my thing that I, that i went out and really did something for myself and and tried to invent and create and cultivate and build and like I want to do that shit, yep, you know? It's, I agree. it's a challenge. It's it's, you know, writing songs is a challenge too. But anybody that knows me knows that like I'm a I'm I'm more of a complete music business person that happens to be a songwriter than I am just a true songwriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, think too and, like you're a creator and you're a like it's fun creating hit records, I'm sure, but it sounds like you want to create a business or something really impactful and meaningful and yeah. create stars and create you know I what do. i'm saying yeah, like I, you want to create it's the same as i would have to imagine it's a similar feeling to um getting hearing a cobra starship song climb the charts 
and be like, oh shit, this is real. The same way it would be for you to watch a label or watch a company climb the totally. you know thing and say, this is real too. It's a different level of the same idea. Yeah, I think. It's, it's to me, it's just about breaking artists and, and, and being like, oh, I had the eye and the ear for that and I, and yeah. I helped it. Like, you know, and I know it kind of keeps sounding like, I keep talking about money and, and maybe I am what, who gives a fuck. But it's like, you know, if, if, if I look at all these songs that I've had come out and do well, if I, if I had a one tenth of those for something that was, you know, that I signed, yep. it would be worth the same, if not more, yep. you know? And it's like, you know, that's why you see guys like, you know, the Smeezingtons that can literally only work with Bruno. Mm hmm. Cause it's such an empire. It's mm -hmm. such a it's such a machine that like what the fuck? What do they, what do they need to go write for anyone mm -hmm. else for? Is he signed to them or no? I'm not sure what their business is, yeah. but you know it's like you don't really see like those guys on a bunch of other records. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, I don't I don't even curious. know if they, I don't know if they call it that or what what the new record. I was just was. more curious of like if they just got an in with him, and so yes, why no, even think, bother with I, anything else? Or? I think it was just like a squad kind of thing, and that's what I mean. Like I just want to be the leader of a squad. Yeah, you know? I, I want to head up a squad, and I want to empower other people to be bosses and to be you know to be successful and to make money and make decisions and be creative and like the people that work for me, I want to treat really well, and yeah. I want them to. I want to. I want to fucking kick ass, yeah. you know? And it's like, I want to kick ass for something that's that, that's family style. Like, yes, I'm happy. I never take for granted the fact that, like, you know, Maroon 5 is signed to Interscope. Yep. And Interscope. And John Janik and Aaron Bashuk, I love very much. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they, you know, Adam and the band and management and the label give me the opportunity to work on such an amazing project. I mean, it's life changing for mm -hmm. me. It's it's a dream. Like after I make a whole Maroon Five album with these guys, like where like where can I even go from there? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. And and working with all these incredible artists, but it's like, well, that's where you can go. But it's from but there. it's not mine. Yeah, it's theirs. That's where you can go from there. You say, where do I go from there? That yeah. is where you go. Yeah, from it's, there. You, Maroon you know, Five but is but yours. You know where you and, go? Yeah. You hop off the top of the fucking mountain. Yeah. And you start right at the bottom again. Yeah. Yeah. At 33 years old, having done a whole bunch of shit, yeah. and you go and you sitting in a room looking at three or four people, going like, uh, "I don't know." Let's like start looking through Instagram, yeah. see if there's anybody tight. Like, yeah. have you heard of any cool? App? It's like it's going back to the drawing board in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, I got 100%. shit up my sleeve. I'm yeah. not really, you know. No, I know you're not. It's, <laughs> but your bottom of the mountain is still. But pretty. it's still. But but you know, you, you still have like, you still have your your people at the top of the mountain and you, and you know, you, instead of having to like hike it, you know, well, and you, that's you, the benefit you, of doing you, it the right way. Yeah. Right. You do something the right way and then you go right. as, a, as opposed to trying to be a jack of all trades or trying to think you can do everything at once or not knowing what you want to do. Yeah. You accomplish one thing and you'll always have your homies back at the top of the mountain if you need to get back up there. But totally, you're trying to build a new mountain essentially. Yeah. And I think the, like, I just love how you said after you, you know, do a whole Maroon 5 album, where do you go? And you're right. That is where you go. You have the next Maroon 5 that is yours, and you assign somebody else to executive produce it. Yeah. And you make the right decision in choosing the next Jay Cash to executive produce that, and you change their life. And then they, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. That's that, the progression. Yeah, and that's really what that's really what I'm passionate about, you know. And I'm passionate, and like this is no disrespect to anybody. Like I, I have one artist that is signed to me now that I partnered up with a major with who, the, and the major is amazing and. The way that I structured the deal is amazing, and these people in this building are awesome, and they they back me and support me, and that was the right thing for that artist. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the right thing. I made a decision based on how I felt the artist's career was going to shape out. I have friends in that building. I have friends in every building. Yep. I, I chose the home 
for that building for certain reasons. Um, he was 17 when I signed him, so mm -hmm. I wanted to put that structure. Mm -hmm. I wanted to build a structure, you know, like I don't want to be a babysitter. Mm -hmm. He's going to be pissed when he hears that. I don't mean it like him? that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to, you know, I needed like, I wanted yeah, yeah, to put, yeah. put a foundation around it, but, um, but it's still on my label. It's still yes. indie. Yes. It just has a partner, but everything else that I'm signing, I'm signing indie. Yeah. You know, and it's a risk and it's like, it's not a gesture towards the labels. It's not me going to war with major labels. It's I'm, I'm still work very closely with major labels and I still have, you know, nothing but love and respect for them and, and what I've been able to do um, with their artists and their, and their systems that put our songs out to so many people that we get, you know, yeah. we get we get compensated for it but now like with the way streaming works and everything like it's the just the right way to do yeah, it yeah i mean it's the not... publishing used to be so valuable and now the master side's so valuable yep. and when you do a song with a major artist on a major label you don't get any piece of the masters yeah. you really don't make shit off streaming you know yeah, i guess i didn't ask you that so songwriters don't really make shit off streaming nah i mean you only get if it's i mean you, you do you, you make you, the you money make, if... you make money like there's publishing to be made but it's like th th there's deals with the record labels, you know, but it's like if you look at a company like Spotify, it's like I I do a lot of stuff with Spotify uh -huh. and and um and I love the people there. Like yep. I love everyone there. They've been really good to me. Um they really are backing and empowering songwriters. They're um it's an incredible company and you know head by you know run by really cool people like troy carter and stefan mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know and then there's there's a whole bunch of other guys there dave rocco mike begain doug i mean i can name 10 people there that are just incredible people that are really um that are really out there making a difference and and getting with people and helping people cultivate their careers um yeah. and then there's apple music which obviously larry jackson and jimmy do which is amazing and it, they're these they're, it's it's a new day and age and it's a new it's new platforms mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to me like you can either sit there and be like, well, the labels, you know, it's like, yeah, it's not the streaming. It's not Spotify. It's not Apple Music. It's it's the labels. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They have their deals with the artist and yep. they get the master. And when you do a when you do a song for them, they get the master side. You know, labels are getting rich again. Yep. If you have your own artist that's not on a label and you're you have the master or you let the artist keep the master, which yeah. is maybe a cool thing to do yeah you you have income participation off the master yep you can fucking have a hit and make a difference and buy yourself a house just off fucking streaming yeah yeah yeah. without a fucking song on the radio yeah without you know and build it's a career and build a touring business and do all this shit you yeah. know it's like to me i get excited about change and i get excited about wanting to be on the front lines of having to figure out how to be an entrepreneur and how to and, and like how to you know all this shit's gonna monetize eventually i feel yeah. correctly um and it's but, already in the right direction that's what i was going to say is like at least for me who's somebody who's not involved in the music industry every day like two years ago it was like i don't know there's just not any money in music anymore like that's what it was right no, it, I mean, how, i'm saying is how it felt it felt yeah. like unless you have a radio hit record yeah. there's just no more money in it. now it at least feels like oh there's money again there's yeah. something there's there's a place to yeah. start businesses here again yeah i mean i think just like like sports and like live entertainment i i hope is always going to be here yeah someday. that'll always be there like i know there's a hologram in japan yeah, fuck that like, it'll, that'll i hope that there. shit doesn't happen here yeah i just for think you know 30 years i people just people still need that like, yeah, interaction live entertainment you know especially music yeah like you gotta go to a fucking concert you can't vr you know? that 
you still want to, I mean, you don't get the CD booklet no more, really, but you still want a T-shirt or yeah. a hoodie or, yeah. you know, you want to get pissed on in the front row. Right? <laughs> Your favorite rock By star. Tyler, the creator, <laughs> yeah. or some shit. No, I'm just, <laughs> you need um, real urine. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's like, I, there is money in music, and there's money in the world, and there's there's good in the world, you know, and it's just like, in any business, there's going to be people that survive, and there's going to be people that fall, yep. you know, and like, yeah, it's just a little bit of a clean out that happened, I think. Yeah, and it's just like, it, like to me, these companies are like the business was going to change anyway. Like yeah. it, eventually, like everything is gonna is gonna be different. And like with the streaming companies, it to me, it's like holy shit! Now there's a whole new fucking avenue where you can make so much fucking yeah. money. Yeah. Not yeah. like oh no. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. 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 It's huge like, opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look how like look at go down Sunset and look at like. All these artists that have like Spotify billboards yep. everywhere, and like look what Apple Music's doing with the artists, and like they're, you know, it's like songwriters. Is it? It's a. It's a tricky thing. It's like you know we're, we're people who like write songs, and um, before before streaming, it's like, what can you even do with a song if a if a huge artist doesn't sing it? Yeah, you give it to a small artist, and yep. hope the small artist becomes a big artist. Yep, and who the fuck can even help fi- i mean that's like if a label puts enough into the artist to give the artist exposure if the yeah. artist really promotes it right if yeah there has to like the stars have to align mm-hmm. so crazy now you can make a fucking record and be like i think this record's a hit and you can take it around town and well i don't think it's a hit and you know you play it for this artist and i don't want that song yeah i don't want that song i don't want that song fuck you and yeah. put it on Put it up yourself. Yeah. And make four hundred thousand. That's Megan Trainer and Charlie Puth, right? Yeah, I mean, just make what it do whatever yeah. you want. Weren't they both yeah. songwriters? They both are songwriters. Well, yeah, but I mean, wasn't you know? it kind of like? I mean, they both just like. I mean, they're both on labels, but they both had come ups, you know. But they, I heard. But so tell me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I, the stories I heard, at least about Megan, was that like she was on the demo of a record and they were shopping it, and it was eventually just kind of like, you know what, we're gonna put it out with you. I mean, on. probably. I mean, I know Megan wrote for other people and yeah. still does. So yeah. I mean, it could have been one of those things where she. She was making a record for herself and other people simultaneously, or she made a record uh, and was just like, "Fuck it, this sounds better with yeah, me." Yeah, yeah, I'm keeping dope. it. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. a lot of times that's how artists become artists. Yeah, and now it's more, more, more doable than ever. Which I mean, is look I at like. Julia Michaels. She's like one of my really yeah. good friends, and she's giving people all hits all over town, and she's fucking crushing it. And then like she makes issues one day, and she's like, "Fuck that, this is my like I, shit. I just told my story. Yeah. I'm, I'm keeping this. It's motherfucker. so good. It's you know? too good. And you couldn't do that before. You couldn't because it's like who the like." where would the exposure come from yep. you know it's like and now it's like i mean spotify has been probably the huge champion and and that song yep. working and it's working on radio and it but it's also a fucking sick song yep. you know it's like that's the other thing it all dates back to is like a shitty song's never gonna get anyone anyway. no yeah i've had those too yeah you too know? good okay i think the way that you just ended that is a really good way to sort of button this thing up but cool. what i always do is before we go, I always do the, if you could bump into your 14-year-old self, mm-hmm. um, run around Virginia. I would say I really like the version of yourself that's just blasting music in his headphones. I picture like laying in his bedroom, maybe feeling a little isolated. Not that you were overly emotional, but sort of just like, where's my place in this world? I'm going to be huge. I'm going to whatever. Yeah. What would you tell little jay cash any, <laughs> is there any words of wisdom or, or any gems that you've sort of just learned i mean you know i don't know what i would tell him mm-hmm. i probably would because i don't know if i'd like 
that's the crazy thing about life. It's like if I'd have taken one step to the left instead of right, I might be a completely different person. Mm-hmm. I might be living in a different state with a different job and a different set of problems and happinesses mm-hmm. and whatever it is. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know. I probably just I would probably say like don't ever take pills. <laughs> 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 like smoke weed, <laughs> have yeah. a few drinks every once in a while, yeah. but don't fuck with pills. Yeah. Was that what you went to rehab for? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Painkillers? Xanax. Ah, uh, yep, yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Just stay yeah. positive and don't take fucking Don't take Xanax. pills. <laughs> don't take Xanax, dude. Stay away from Xannies. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's a good ending. Cool. Man, thank you so much for doing this. Anything, um, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, No. Just be on the lookout. Executive J Cash. I, I mean, you know. Coming soon. I'm just like. I don't know. I just hope that uh, that people like it when they listen to it. Maroon Five album is coming out before too long, and yeah. you worked on the majority yeah. of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I worked on a lot of it, and uh, Charlie Puth is gonna start coming with new music, and that's my that's my little brother. That's What's... my he's my little big brother. <laughs> he's my. <laughs> He's my little brother, and he's my big brother. Is he older than you? No, he's younger than me. Oh. That's why he's my little why is brother. He old, why is he big? Because he just acts? In the studio, he's older than uh, me. I got it. He's a fucking beast, man. Is he really? God, that kid's a fucking problem. What other what's, records are out or coming out right now? I mean, right now it's Cold with Future, Maroon 5, yeah. uh, Swalla, yep. Jason Derulo, God, Nicky and Ty. Damn it. Um, I had some other shit. I don't remember, man. I, I fucking never know. Listen, search. I try never to harp on a song. I'm always like, just like, I got to make another one. Yeah. You know? Is your credit Jacob Casher? Yeah, it's like Jacob J. Cash Casher. Sometimes they put Jacob Hemlin, yeah. which is my last name. I, so I if don't... you're an up and coming songwriter or whatever, you're really interested in it, look it up because his list is pretty fucking incredible. Yeah. He's responsible for a lot of shit that's been stuck in your head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love it. Awesome. You got a gift, Thanks man. for having me. Thank I you appreciate, for sharing your I appreciate story. you doing this with me. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Fuck yeah. All right. There it was. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, that was that was a good one. I really was happy to have the opportunity to sit down and talk to him. He doesn't talk a lot about what he does, and he's done some pretty incredible things. So that one I really enjoyed. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, feedback. Go to iTunes, go to the podcast app on your phone, leave me some feedback, let me know what you think. It's really, really important to me, and I am constantly checking. Um, And then 40% off on youngandreckless.com with the promo code SSL. We're going to keep these things cranking. I really want you guys to keep recommending guests. I really want to make sure I um, keep having a wide variety of guests. Uh, A songwriter was a new thing and i think it translated really well and i think what i'm learning is there's just enough variety in these in all these different guests but also there's so much in common and there's so much about people's different you know work ethics and different struggles and hustles and come-ups that are all very similar and i think it's cool and you're learning kind of i'm learning we're all learning like this consistent lesson Um, about what it takes to be successful so as this thing progresses and as i build and do more and more episodes i'm it's becoming something and i guess i could say something that i hoped it would become but i don't really i didn't really know what it was going to become so uh, i'm just happy i'm happy it's being well received i'm happy you guys are liking it and i will keep it going so i will talk to you next week bye bye